Welcome to The Read Along, a mini book club for your ears, a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. I'm your host, Scott. I'm your other host, Anita. And join us on a journey through a good book, one, one chapter, chapter at, at a time. This episode of The Read Along is brought to you by Taproot Edmonton, your source for curiosity-driven coverage of our city cultivated by the community. Taproot publishes a weekly arts roundup, gathering up what's happening locally in theater, dance, the visual arts, the literary arts, and much more. It's curated by Fonda Mithrush, a veteran of Edmonton's art scene and co-host of I Don't Get It, a fellow member of the Alberta Podcast Network. Subscribe to the Arts Roundup for free at taprootedmonton.ca. Have you ever been to a place that has given you a weird vibe, like, right away? Where you got there, and just something about it rubs you the wrong way? Uh, sort of. Not in the same way that this chapter goes. Like, I've been, I've been to uncomfortable parties before. That's fair. Where I was just like, these are, these are not my people. Not not quite the same thing. No, it's not you, quite You've the never same been thing. to like a bar and been like, this place seems dangerous. Like nothing like that? No, I was too scared to go to any bar that I thought was super dangerous. Fair enough. I actually do remember going to a bar when I was a teen with some like work acquaintances. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't with close friends and I was in a, a very unusual situation for myself and at one point, I misplaced those work friends. Like, I'd gone to the bathroom or something, and then they moved while I was away. <gasps> and so I was lost in the bar in what was a very busy nightclub, actually. And I distinctly remember being like, oh, I no longer feel safe. Like, oh, no. <laughs> this is not good. Also, not quite the same thing. No, not quite the same thing. Though in this chapter, Tracker does feel the distance of not being around people he's familiar with. Our our local bars and house parties aren't run on weird magics or anything either. So the odds of us being somewhere that gives off a weird vibe is different. Yeah, but no, I'm just curious if you'd ever been somewhere where you've walked in and just been like, no, something's up. <laughs> like, oh, oh, no. This is, this is not as it seems. But apparently you and I have both had pretty standard middle-class suburban <laughs> lives up until this point have it accidentally walked into like biker club or something no or uh, a business clearly being run by organized <laughs> crime nope not that either there you go so lucky us unlucky tracker but uh i guess a quick recap of chapter 17 is in order before we move on in which uh tracker and the crew make it to kind of like the the edge of Delingo where they shack up with a strange man for the night. And uh, he reveals to them a little bit more about what's going on. And Sogolon also finally reveals a little bit more about what's going on. We learn that the boy in question is the king by rights uh, because his mother is the sister of the guy who's currently sitting on the throne. Yes. And that's how it works. Yeah. We also learn that he's traveling with a quartet of vampires. <laughs> Yay. That are just 
traveling across the countryside using magic doors and sucking blood and eating bone marrow and whatever it is that they do. Like this poor kid, how could things get worse for him? Well, probably we'll find out as we move into chapter 18 of Black Leopard Red Wolf by Marlon James. So this is also actually the start of part four. Yes. Uh, white science and black math. We get a new map. Yep. The quote is Sepeto Nidwabwe Pot Urfo. Translates to everything that enters the net is a fish. Oh, that's that's some food for thought, having read the chapter now. Hmm. Hmm. Anyway. Uh, we do also get a map of Dolingo. Um, yeah. Spoiler alert. From the map, before we even get there in the chapter, it's built in a giant tree. Cool, huh? Yeah. Uh, I got a lot of very elfin vibes from the city oh. early on. I, I actually wrote Rivendell in my notes. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I'm going to put a pin in that because we're probably going to come back to it at the end of the chapter. I'm a, I'm no, I, I believe you. She's she's showing me where she Rivendell. wrote it. Rivendell. The word. But again, we're, we'll put a pin in that for now because uh, it's something to discuss later on. But... Um, we should get into the chapter because it's a long one. Yeah, we're going to we'll probably have to clip through this pretty quick to talk about everything we need to talk about. Yeah. So after kind of discussing the map, uh, the party kind of splits up a little bit for the night. Detective Mossy goes outside to practice with his sword. So Galan and the girl uh, head out with Buffalo for a little while, probably to do some magic. Who knows? Sadogo preps a room for himself up on the roof. And the Griot actually takes out a Korra and plays some music. And sings a song, which starts off the chapter. Yeah. And it's a lovely song. Yeah. It's like a like a sad love song. That's how I read it anyway. Yeah, how you're really looking, sad love song. looking for a new lover because your old one has gone. Tracker gets the feels. Yeah, it affects him pretty deeply. It makes him, I think, think of Leopard and of the Mingi children. Like he dis distinctly thinks of the Mingi children. Uh, you and I touched on this before we recorded. Was the Griot singing this song for himself or for Tracker? I still don't know. It's a little unclear. I think he's singing it for himself, but it resonates with Tracker. That makes sense. Tracker decides he needs to get away from the music. Because he can't handle the feels. So he goes upstairs and visits Sadogo on the roof, and they have a little talk about Venon, the girl. Yes. We knew her name was Venon before. It hasn't been brought back up in a while, which is why it kind of dropped off our vernacular for a well, bit. Well, because Tracker never calls her Venon. Also, Venon isn't really her name so much as, like, title given to her which roughly translates to troll meat or something something yeah. like that so uh, i'm not sure either way yeah sadogo mentioned something here and he'll bring it back up later on that venon appears to have grown a big chip on her shoulder in the past few days oh she is just super crank yeah she's uh throwing attitude at sogolon she's throwing attitude at sadogo tracker hasn't really noticed because why would he well she did try to stab him yeah but i mean that was pretty par for the course for the last little while for her. Okay, fair enough. Um, Tracker decides he needs to catch Sadogo up on the monster squad because Sadogo wasn't at the planning meeting below. I get the impression he can't really fit in the house. Probably not. He actually mentions he's had a run-in before with Ipundulu and very nearly killed the lightning bird. Yeah. So, like, good on Sadogo for taking on a lightning bird. Yeah, very nearly choked out a vampire. <laughs> pretty cool. The uh, lightning bird managed to get away because he was still attached to his witch at the time, and she did some magic that blinded Sadogo, and, and the bird flew the coop. But uh, Sadogo gets informed, well, Ipindulu is 
on the loose now. He no longer has a master. And Sudoku's like, cool, I'm going to kill that guy. <laughs> it's like, also, that's a terrible thing. Yeah. Uh, Tracker also tries to explain as best he can to Sudoku that the boy is important, but they're in the middle of a conspiracy and they're in pretty deep. So at this juncture, they might as well just see it to the end. Yeah. I think it's mostly because Tracker just doesn't want to regurgitate the entire story all over again. Yeah, Sudogo kind of asks if he's dumbing it down because he's a very simple creature. And Tracker's like, no, you're not simple. You're very smart. It's just, it's super complex. And I don't want to go through all of the fine points again. Basically. Yeah. Like, it's not you, it's me. A Tracker has a lovely little moment here with Sudogo too. They're friends. Yeah, before they part, Tracker goes in for a big hug and takes like a big whiff of the giant. He says that it's because he wants to remember him. He wants to get his, his smell in him. Yeah. Yeah. That was surprisingly sweet from Tracker. Kind of his one true friend in the party at this juncture. So far, anyway, yeah. Yeah. Sogolon finally comes back. Venon does indeed give her some attitude early on in the chapter. Again, she's such a crank. Tracker and Sogolon talk a bit about the Griot and kind of the mentality of the king that led to the southern Griots being mostly wiped out. Yeah. The way Sogolon words it is that because the king is born believing that he knows everything he never feels the need to learn anything else and when he finds out that there are other people who are smarter than him he gets fearful and he has them destroyed yeah because he doesn't know any better yeah yeah the next morning uh tracker is awoken actually by sadogo weeping being, being sad yeah because apparently the griot went and ran himself off the roof that night I don't know why. Yeah, it's a little unclear what's going on. Sogolon is there. Uh, Sadogo witnessed it. The three of them decide we, we're going to keep this on the DL from the rest of the group and uh, go to move his body into the woods just to kind of get it out of the way. And Sadogo and Tracker are attacked by a swarm of birds. Uh, so we step into Hitchcock's The Birds suddenly. I'm curious what this is about. Too. I don't know. Is it AC? Hard to say. Is Whatever it... it is, it snatches up the body and takes off. Is this is this like the equivalent of a griot giving himself to the force? Like what? Maybe. We don't what know. Because the birds didn't continue to attack them after they ran away. No, they dropped the body and ran and then the birds picked up the body and flew away. So. Right? Like it was the weirdest thing. Now we do know AC is, uh, is a necromancer. Maybe it is him controlling the birds, snatching up the body so that he can talk to it. Maybe? Hard to say. Oh. Whatever it is, it's weird, and it's not brought up again in this chapter. Yep. We, like, never, we never talk about it again. Sogolon, Tracker, and Sadogor are just like, well, that was a thing that happened, and carry on. <laughs> Onward. <laughs> they saddle up. Uh, they take what they can from the house, because there's no one there to stop them at this juncture. Because they lost a horse last chapter to the fight with the witches. Right. Tracker and Detective Mossy end up having to uh, ride Buffalo. Which I, Buffalo appears to be okay with. For the most part, yeah. Uh, they head into Delingo. And at first, Tracker's like, where's this city? Because, it, like, we should be there by now, and I don't see no city. And everybody's like, look up, dummy. <laughs> yeah, that's basically it. <laughs> look up, stupid. Yeah, and Tracker is astonished, because what he thought were, like, mountains that they were passing turns out to be giant trees. Yeah. And up in the branches is a whole city. A whole city. What a cool thing. Yes, cool. Well... Sorry, the <laughs> concept of a city up in a tree is cool. Yeah. Dolingo itself, less so, we'll get there. Yeah. Tracker even marvels right away, like, how could such a city exist? And boy, howdy, do we find out before the, we don't even, we don't even have to wait a chapter to find out. This just gets thrown right at us. Uh, but we're, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves here. 
Um, I also do like the uh, the part where he marvels over a city that's being built up instead of out. And how could people even live like that? <laughs> how how crazy! Uh, the crew is greeted by a platform which lowers down to take them up into the branches. Uh, Mossy and Tracker are the only two who are really ogling the city. The well, rest of them are acting like they've been there before. Well, I think the rest of them have been there before. Certainly implied, which is interesting in the case of Venom. Uh, she might just be too proud to show that she cares. Or Sogolon and Venon went to Dolingo during the month that the others were stuck in the Darklands. Maybe. I mean, it's possible. That's kind of how I read that, but I could be wrong. She mm. could just be playing it cool. Certainly, Sodogo and Buffalo and Sogolon all act like they've been there before. Yeah. Like, there's no big deal. <laughs> Whatever. City in the trees. They get taken pretty quickly to the palace, uh, which is quite a grand edifice. High up in the branches of of the first tree. Yeah, it's a palace that takes up its own tree. Indeed. It is very elfish, again, in design and in aesthetic. This is where Rivendell shows up in my notes. Yeah, everything is very grand and beautiful. There's a level of sophistication that certainly takes Tracker and Mossy by surprise. Right, everything is like shiny and golden. Yeah, uh, impossibly shiny and golden impractically shiny and golden. Uh, Uncomfortably shiny and golden. On on one occasion, Tracker notes that it looks like the weapons are all made of like silver and gold, and he's like, that that can't be practical. <laughs> no. <laughs> a golden sword is a terrible idea. Yeah. They're introduced to the queen and her court, and boy, howdy, does she know how to make a first impression. Ooh. It, it was almost like meeting the king of Siam, from the king and I, how he's like, haha, I made a joke, and then everybody laughs because... Because that is It's how funny and they don't want to die. Yeah. Right? Like, she she tells them how to react and they're all her yes people. Well, yeah, they're her court. Yeah, it's... Yeah. It was, it was weird and... I don't want to say dumb. dumb. Dumb's not the right word for it. Weird and uncomfortable, I guess. Certainly uncomfortable. Uncomfortable uh, for me to read. Uncomfortable for our characters to be in. Yeah, well, especially Mossy. Because her... F- very first comment is to be surprised at how strangely light his skin is. Yes, how pale he is. Mossy doesn't understand what she's talking about because she's speaking the language of Dolingo, the language of the South, it's implied. Yeah, and he doesn't. And he doesn't. And so Tracker kind of has to help translate a bit. And uh, later, like, she calls over, like, a chancellor or something to help translate as well. Mossy is immediately off-put by the fact that they're clearly mocking him. <laughs> To his face, and he can't even defend himself or understand. No, that's the worst part. He has no idea what they're saying. And yes, Tracker is translating, but he's also translating, like, politely. <laughs> they end up stripping him so that the queen can behold if his entire body is that strange light color. Ugh. It is worth noting that Tracker and Sadogo are definitely both upset for Mossy in this moment. Like, Tracker Tracker finds some of the... Uh, some of the joking before that to be kind of funny. But when it gets to this point, he's like, I actually feel really bad for this guy. Yeah, like, he, this isn't cool. He glances over and sees Sadogo's like, flexing his hands. Like, dude's not happy about this. He glances over at Sogolon and notes if she's upset, she's playing it super cool. Uh, it's a man. She doesn't care. Mm. That's, that's my take. She does not care. Masi kind of puts up with the humiliation. At this moment. There's not much he can do about it. For now, yeah. Yeah. Um, And Sogolon, to her credit, kind of tries to change the subject back to why they're there. And then the queen switches to the northern tongue, and Mossy's embarrassment could not be more full at this moment. She could have talked to him in a language he understands this whole time. Yeah. But she didn't as a petty show of power. Basically, yeah. Yeah, that's what it is. 
the queen agrees that uh, she and Sogolon need to discuss business. So uh, she has Venon and Sadogo sent up to their rooms and then has Mossy and Tracker sent elsewhere, like across to another tree. Yeah, like they're all scattered. Yeah. Nobody, nobody is staying together, as far as I know, with anybody else. This is the first, I mean, this isn't the first thing that sets Tracker on edge, but this is definitely one of the first things that makes him go, I think that we're prisoners now. Like, he doesn't outright say it at this juncture. Neither does Mossy. But I get the impression that both of them in this moment are like, oh, we're in trouble. They're thinking it real loud. Yeah. Mossy f- is furious <laughs> over his humiliation. Oh. Tracker goes through this lengthy description of the, the conveyance that they're in. They're riding a gondola. Basically, yeah. They're riding a gondola. <laughs> but, I mean, Tracker doesn't have a word for it. No, he doesn't. He has three paragraphs of description about it. Yeah. While they're crossing on the gondola, he he talks Mossy down a little bit. Finally, Mossy kind of collects himself a little bit and is like, all right, so what is the plan then from here on? Like, what is what are we going to do when we meet the monster squad? <laughs> and Tracker's best answer is, I don't know. Yeah. He does, however, believe that Sogolon has a plan in mind. <laughs> but t- darned if he knows what it is. Yeah. He would go so far as to say that they are being purposefully kept in the dark. Uh, and he means, in this moment, like all of them. He means Sadogo, Buffalo, himself and Mossy, also the slaver, Bibi Dateman, Nika and Nasaka, and Leopard and Fumeli. He doesn't believe that anyone from the beginning of this was given the straight story from Sogolon. And that she has a plan that she has not told a single soul. Which kind of tracks. Yeah. Like, it sounds sounds about right. And he also believes that that is in itself part of the plan. Right? Keep everybody in the dark until they absolutely need to know something. Yeah. They weren't even given a straight story about who the boy was to start with. Why would they have been informed of what the real plan is? Yeah. Up until and she only point? told them because Tracker was threatening to leave and he can't leave yet because she still needs him. Or at least she did still need him and Tracker is not certain that's the case anymore. But she hasn't used him between then and now. He, She has. He was able to identify that they were using the magic doors and that they were on their way to Dolingo. But now they're in Dolingo and he's concerned Mm. because the vampires in the monster squad and the boy are headed to their way. And so now we we don't need to track them now, do we? Yeah, but the story came out after they went through the doors. So why keep him around and tell him the story if she doesn't need him anymore after that? She didn't maybe know what the plan was when she got to Dolingo, but now she's making a deal with the queen. The point is, we, we don't know. No, we don't. He, she might still need Tracker, but we, in this moment... <laughs> we are speculating a great deal. Yeah, but in this moment, Tracker is of the mind that maybe their usefulness has come to an end. Uh, at the very least, he thinks that even if they were going by the original plan, they were probably only meant as useful distractions for vampires, while Sogolon and maybe Venon saved the boy and ran off. Uh, based on what I know of Sogolon... That sounds like something she would do. Yeah, but but again, he believes that maybe that has changed since they arrived in Delingo. Or since she learned that they were going to Delingo. Who knows? Mossy asks, point blank, do you trust the witch? And this is where Tracker points out, you know, I did catch her sending two pigeons, and she claimed they were both going to the queen. But, mm. Mm. Mossy then asks, do you trust me? And Tracker kind of hesitates and doesn't give him a straight answer. And Mossy is like, no, no, that is the correct answer. Yeah, very good. That is the wise answer. He also points out to Tracker that he's canny enough to see that something is hunting Sogolon. And he's not talking about AC because Tracker's like, yeah, everybody, it's, something's chasing all of us. And Mossy's like, no, no. No, there's not, something else. Not what I'm talking about. Something is after her personally. He wasn't with them 
when they entered the Darklands. Yep. Right, to see what attacked her. And at every juncture, she has just brushed it off as, oh, well, it was just the spirits of the Darklands. Oh, it's just AC. Oh, it's just the witches that came to attack us. But Mossy's like, no. He's not buying it anymore. I'm like, it's happened one too many times, and she keeps saying it's a different thing every time that's doing the exact same thing to her. Mm-hmm. No. Something is something is pointed at her. This is a very productive gondola ride because this is when Tracker starts to get really suspicious of the city. Like, it started earlier, but now that they're together and talking things through and Tracker's sort of taking in the scene around him, he's getting super sus. Yeah, he's like, how do these gondolas move? How are the platforms moving? Like, I haven't seen any servants or slaves. Like, what's going on? Yeah, if it's not running on magic... And and, and the queen, yeah, the queen had said, no, no, there's no magic here. This is all just science. And there's a, a neat feint here because we get introduced to this grand aqueduct with a waterfall that seems to be going to nowhere. And my first instinct was, oh, she's they're using some sort of like pneumatic power. It's like it's all run by like water wheels and stuff mm. using using science that Tracker would just see as magic. So it was an interesting little feint because right. that's not at all what's going on. Nope. It's so much worse. But yes. again, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. Sorry. They arrive at the other side of their journey. They're escorted by guards to their rooms, or at least Tracker presumes that Mossy is taken to a room. Uh, I think he's taken to a room for a little bit. He sure is. He is He is bathed and then delivered. Yeah. Uh, but we don't find that out until the next morning. The room is quite nice. Tracker is actually, in that moment, a little relieved to experience, like, a tad of luxury. <laughs> Right? A real bed, which yeah. is a novelty for him. Um, and he has some strange dreams and then is awoken the next day by a soldier, question mark, a guard? I'm not sure. Yeah, it's a I little I don't know unclear. what to call him. He's definitely a man dressed like he's playing soldier. A tracker notes immediately like he's not wearing practical armor. It's very decorative. And he seems a little rotund for a soldier. <laughs> he's he, he looks very out of shape. Yeah. Yeah. And he's a little he's a little pompous. Oh, he is inc- right? he is pompous to the point of arrogance. Right? Like telling him how brave he is. And Tracker's like, oh, I don't buy it. Yeah. Servants scrub him and feed him. And then he's kind of let scrub loose. Scrub him. Oh, yeah. Like scour his body. Uh, and then he's kind of let loose into the city for the most part. Because while he suspects that he's being followed and watched... And he um, probably is, let's be honest. He kind of, he's he's in a bit of a gilded cage here. Like, he kind of has free reign. He just, he recognizes right away, I can't leave. <laughs> well, because the only way out of the city is that giant platform that they came in yep. on, this grand elevator sort of thing. So really, the only way out is down. He eventually bumps back into Mossy. Honestly, I think it's luck that they found each other, considering how far apart they were put and... What happened to Mossy? Yeah. Uh, they catch up a bit. Mossy, because he was up for much of the night, apparently did a little of investigating and he learned a little bit about the city. So he fills in Tracker a bit about some of the observations he's made. Tracker, at this point, also makes note that he's not seeing any children in Dolingo. No, he sees no slaves, no servants, no children. That made me feel weird. Yeah, because... There clearly must be some manpower at work if the city doesn't run on magic. Doors are opening by themselves. Right. I was legitimately expecting full-on, like, Temple of Doom situation. You're not far off. I'm not. That's what's terrifying. Mossy reveals at this juncture that uh, the night before, he was taken to his room only so much as he could be scrubbed down and taken to the queen. He was prepared for her royal majesty. Yeah. Tracker 
gets a little snarky about this. <gasps> Mossy gets upset and Tracker is guilty enough that he actually offers something of an apology. Yeah. <laughs> which is nice. Apparently when he was washed, uh, the servants rubbed him with a scent that he found quite appalling, but he was told it would please the queen. He's like, can you can you smell it on me? Because I'd like to identify it. And Tracker's like, I don't smell anything on you. And Mossy's like, yeah, the morning bathers scrubbed me, like a full layer of dermis off of me. So okay, he was also scrubbed clean. Yeah. And he notes that while he and the queen were having their like double roll in the hay that night, there was just an audience, like a whole slew of attendants. And a weird set of rules. And Sogolon was there. And, like, some witchmen, a whole to-do. Yeah, and, like, don't talk to the queen, don't look at her in the eye. Yeah. Mossy is of the mind that Sogolon has made a deal with the queen, and that maybe Mossy was involved in that deal, and he's not super cool with that. <laughs> that maybe he was uh, sold, quote-unquote, when he did not put himself up for sale. Yeah, a deal that involved him but didn't include him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And her attendants all but made sure that she was pregnant at the end of their business. They did their best, yes. Yeah. So he was really put off by this. And, and as he should be. It was it was not a sexy time. No. No. Tracker is also pretty disturbed by all this. And he's like, there is something deeply wrong going on in Delingo. And Mossy's like, oh, you don't know the half of it. See, the queen, with her bluish-tinged skin, was ice cold to the touch. I don't know what that means. And I don't know that she was breathing, because I couldn't tell, and she was all on top of me. So, just saying. Right? And I wasn't supposed to look her in the eye, and they rubbed me down with something that smelled real bad. And then scrubbed me clean again in the morning. Yeah. What? And, I mean, it was, everything was very perfunctory, so I don't know what's going on with that. <laughs> it was the worst night of my life. Kind of, it was. And then... For some reason, she said, knowingly, Tracker gets super duper jealous and super upset about this. Yeah. I'm super mad that this guy I'm into and telling myself that I'm not into had to have sex with a woman. I'm not okay with this. While they're ducking into a, an alcove to avoid two men who they think are following them and might have been. They probably Hard were. to say. They probably were. Mossy asks Tracker, like, what's what's your business, guy? Like, what's your reason? You seem to be just drifting from moment to moment, but you don't seem to, like, you have no trajectory. He nails it. He calls him out on it. Yeah. He's got Tracker in a box. And Tracker is affronted by this, partly because, as we know from previous chapters, he hates being put in a box. Yes. But, again, he's a guy who, he just wears himself on his sleeve. It's true. He wants to be deep and mysterious, but he's all right there. <laughs> I know. So it's kind of easy to put him in a box. On the way back to Tracker's room, he finally admits he is upset that Mossy slept with the queen. And Mossy's like, what could I have done about that? Refused? Run away? Fought? Like, <laughs> Right? Like, what What do I do? In what situation was this not going to happen if, if it was what she wanted? Tracker threatens to punch him, and Mossy's like, I dare you to try <laughs> Oh, and then they have it out, and oh, the the fight scene would be glorious to see in a movie. Yeah, it's pretty one sided too. As scrappy oh, yeah. and as 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 scrappy and and skilled as Tracker is at killing people, Mossy is better. Mossy is a professional, <laughs> and he just hands Tracker his own butt. He chokes out Tracker and puts him in some submission holds, and like sprains one of his fingers. Yeah, and basically tries to talk Tracker down and be like, "Please stop. Promise you'll stop." And Tracker's like, "Fine, I'll promise." <laughs> 
And he's really petulant at first. He's like, I won't, I won't soon forget this. And Mossy's like, yeah, you will. It's fine. Don't worry about it's, it. Forgive me for making another alternate reference. It's that scene from The Nice Guys when he's got his arm behind his back. It's like, give me your arm. No. <laughs> no. Like, just, like, impotent rage because this guy's got him in a hold. And how did they not end this fight by making out? Because this was not the time. Like, and we don't know if Mossy's into that. The way the way this fight scene went down, I was expecting makeouts. Fair enough. Mossy is actually a bit remorseful over this. And he's like, look, that was out of line. Obviously, we need to clear the air a bit. But, like, I, I feel bad about it. I'm sorry. <laughs> we, we cool now? And Tracker's a bit petulant here. He's like, look, I get it. Everyone looks down on me because I'm just the stupid hound with a nose. Everybody's got their grand plans, but nobody's mm -hmm. willing to trust me with them because I'm just the stupid guy and over his head. Mossy's like, dude, the only plan I have right now is to save the boy. Because everything else that I might have had planned out for my life went out the window when that library burned down. Yeah. He's like, I got nothing else. Let's do this. Yeah. And he says, like... I'm committed to helping you save this boy because at the end of the day, that at least will make it feel like the last few days has been worthwhile. Right? And I'm not on some weird fever dream adventure. Yeah. Mossy pivots and is like, look, I don't think we can trust Sogolon, but I think that we're both on the level. So here's the deal. Why don't, for the time being, you just not offer any information to her? <laughs> Tracker's like, can do. Yeah. And then he kind of gets closer, like they're being watched, and is like, uh, what do you smell right now? And Tracker kind of catches on to what he's saying pretty quick, and they, like, start backing their way toward the wall. And then Tracker, like, reaches up and rips a board off the wall and looks behind and is like... <gasps> and so they, like, mad, frantic panic, start ripping boards off the wall. And they find a boy. <sighs> who's all wired up to run the systems in the room. And Anita's heart breaks wide open. So Scott read the chapter first, and when he handed the book over, he said, it's a really long chapter, uh, so give yourself lots of time to read. Also, you're going to be super upset. And I went, oh no. So we get to this part, and there is a child tied up, being forced to magic... <laughs> the city into operation and i was super upset i did warn you i know you warned that i would not be okay and i was not okay yeah. i am not okay with stuff like this no and yet we keep accidentally reading books with stuff like this. i know mossy and tracker quickly free the boy and tracker notes that mossy a man who was a cop in one of the roughest cities that tracker would ever been to looks sickened by what he's seeing like this is the worst thing because it is sickening and tracker is enraged by this he legitimately is like i don't know how the monster squad we're currently tracking down could be worse than what is going on in this city right it's just it's monstrous <laughs> he's he's legitimately like could i just go somewhere nice <laughs> in right? my life just once he's he's ready to burn the city down over this like he is hopped up well and we already know trackers got a, a soft spot for for kids for kids right and the mistreatment of children is... yeah very angering. He's expecting Mossy to tell him to cool down, that this is like, this is bigger than the two of us. This is us against a city. You need, we need to look at the bigger <laughs> picture and focus on this boy. And is kind of surprised when Mossy's like, nah, let's do this. Uh, what do we burn down first? Mossy makes it pretty clear, like, we're not, we're prisoners here. Like, you've been suspecting it all chapter. I've been suspecting it all chapter. I'm just going to lay it out here. We're not going to be allowed to leave Dolingo. So screw them. <laughs> 
Yeah. So let's raise some hell while we're here. So they start hatching a plan. It's around this point that the boy flings himself off the balcony. Mm, I couldn't. I just couldn't. It was awful to read that. Uh, they actually have to lie to keep a man out of the room from investigating later on. Yeah. And Tracker basically has to hold Mossy back because he's silently screaming at what happened. They wait until nightfall and go find Sadogo because they're like, obviously, we might not be able to take on the city by ourselves, but if we have Sadogo with us. <laughs> we can at least make some pretty big holes. We can make some pretty big holes. Uh, they find him in his room. He's upset that Venon appears to be angry with him now. She's cranky at everybody. Yeah. Is she going through puberty? Or something. We'll put a pin in that. Um, I, I actually find it interesting that Sadogo's warmed up to Venon, and I think it's because he sees in her a bit of a kindred spirit like the girl from the fighting pit. Yeah, that slave girl who he had befriended. Yeah, I think that's. I think he sees a little bit of her in Venon, and that's why he's warmed up, and why he's really legitimately hurt that she's upset with him, that she got upset about being called Venon, when he's like, but that's that's her name. That's, that's the only name I know her by. That's what you told us to call you. Yeah. Um, and she's she's acting strangely, but no one seems to be paying it much mind except for him. Like, even Sogolon just kind of brushes it off earlier in the chapter. Yeah. And it's just like, eh, kids. But Sadogo's canny enough to recognize something weird has come over this girl, and yeah. no one else seems to be paying any Something's attention to wrong. it. Which, which, I'm going to say this now, but we're going to come back to it after, reminded me a lot of what was going on with Femelian Leopard. Mm-hmm. We'll come back to that in a minute. Yeah. Tracker and Mossy catch Sadogo up. Uh, Sogolon has almost certainly cut a deal with the Queen to save the boy herself. They suspect they are all now prisoners in Delingo, and there is some serious badness going on in this city. But why don't we just cut the witch out, go save the boy ourselves? And Sadogo's like, I'm in, but we're going to need weapons. And that's when they get gassed. And that is the end of the chapter. Yep. And that's when Mossy's like, you guys smell that? And Trackers goes, smell what? Thump. Yeah. The room fills with gas immediately. Like, and quick acting because the second Tracker smells it, it's too late. Now, if I remember my rules of story correctly, they're going to wake up tied to chairs somewhere. I mean, they'll, well, they're going to wake up as prisoners. Yeah. Yeah. No, but tied up. The only reason you gas someone is to tie them up later. Well, probably. How do you tie up Sudoku exactly? Really big ropes. Sure. Chains? Maybe. Uh, they might not work. Hard to say. Mm. Anyway. Point is, they're in trouble. The situation escalates. <laughs> I'm impressed that the mask uh, on Delingo didn't even last a chapter. Marlon James was like, no, this place is messed up and I'm going to show you right away. I'm not even going to give you the chance to think that this is a nice place. The queen is going to give you a terrible first impression and then it's going to turn out that they're enslaving children. They're treating their guests terribly oh no they're treating them very courteously but it's you don't gas your guests well you do when they're planning sedition <laughs> um a couple of things we put a pin in first thing uh the elven nature of the city yes a city up in the trees mm -hmm. um ruled by a by a glorious queen with her grand court do i need to point to rivendell again i would i would argue that it's a little more lothlorian than Rivendell, but. <laughs> okay, fair enough. But uh, nonetheless, it is, it, I got a lot of elven vibes, and obviously so did you, and then that's quickly subverted. Mm -hmm. And so once again, I feel like that points at Marlon James writing anti-Tolkien. Yep. Like it's a specific, it's a specific reversal of the, of the Tolkien thing. 
Yes. Like, oh, here's this grand city in the trees, and it's actually monstrous. <laughs> Here are the beautiful, immortal elven people. Also, they're probably mummies or something. Yeah, I don't know. They're, they're ruled by a terrible queen. And they're, they're yeah, they're ruled by a, by a beautiful enchantress queen who is also kind of a monster. Probably Yay. literally. We. Also, they're not being helped in Dolingo. They're actually being imprisoned in Dolingo. It's like yeah. Marlon James took the Fellowship of the Ring and tried to figure out how he could do the opposite of all the things. <laughs> yeah, we're going to follow the basic storyline and then just where they zig, I'm going to zag. Yeah, so that was the thing. Okay, so first pin done. Yeah, second thing. Venon, Sadogo, and I'd mentioned this just a couple minutes ago. Uh, Sadogo's cottoned on that something's wrong with her. And everyone else just seems to be like, uh, brushing it off because she's kind of beneath notice. Mm -hmm. And I was getting Fumeli and Leopard vibes from this. Yeah, you said. And I'm wondering if this is something has, something is influencing her. The same way that something was influencing Fumeli to influence Leopard? Or at the very least was definitely influencing Leopard. And I can't help but wonder if it might be AC. It might be. Who's picked picked on somebody who's maybe a little weaker willed in the party, who's beneath notice, and who is in Sogolon's trust in order to be in a position to strike at Sogolon. It's, it's entirely possible. We don't know enough about AC to, to speculate. But we do know he can possess people. Yes, and we do know he can read dreams. Yep. So again, maybe he came to Venon in her dreams and has influenced her. Maybe. Or maybe she's just a teenage girl with an attitude. Also, maybe. Entirely possible. Because all of these characters are terrible people who hate one another. So. We. And and certainly don't trust each other. No. With with the exception of, like, Buffalo seems pretty on the level, for the most part. But he's Sogolon's creature. Sadogo, Tracker and Sadogo are pretty tight at this point. Yeah. And uh, Tracker's coming around on Mossy. Yeah. I don't know if we can trust Mossy entirely. But I like him, so there's that. I mean, he's lasted longer than B.B. Dateman. Oh, poor B.B. Dateman. Again, I can't help but feel that B.B. Dateman was meant as an early misdirect for Mossy. Could be. Because we get introduced to Mossy, we get to know Mossy, and then we get attacked by monsters. And my knee-jerk reaction was like, oh, Mossy's about to die. <laughs> oh, no, Mossy. But uh, no, he stuck around, so. So I, I hope he makes it. Again, I mean, I've, I've come to like him, so. It's entirely possible that he and Sadogo both do not make it out of Dolingo at the rate we're going. Oh, that would make me sad. I feel bad for Sadogo. Yeah, he's had a pretty rough life. Yeah, all of his stories, they just make me feel terrible for him. But um, we'll have to wait and see what fresh problems <laughs> afflict our uh, heroes as we move into chapter 19 of our novel. And uh, in the meantime, you know, we've mentioned that Tracker has a soft spot for children. And that's actually quite admirable. It's one of his more positive character traits. Yes. And uh, there are a lot of kids right here in the real world who could use an adult who has a soft spot for kids to uh, to be there for them and help mentor them and uh, be around as a positive influence. And there's at least one organization right here in Edmonton that uh, could use your help. BGC Biggs, that's Boys and Girls Clubs, Big Brothers, Big Sisters of Edmonton and area, is looking for volunteers like you. Families that have needed help need it now more than ever. And with BGC Biggs, volunteers have the power to change the courses of young people's lives across our community during the pandemic and beyond. Together, we can ignite the hope that we all need right now. 
Dedicating your time to the life of a child or youth makes an impact that goes far beyond Zoom calls, video game battles, or tutoring sessions. Explore how you can get involved and watch our community change, one life at a time. There is currently a need for virtual mentors, tutors, and in-person volunteers to be big brothers or sisters. Join BGC Bigs for a virtual coffee in one of their online open houses to learn more about volunteering and get more information at bgcbigs.ca or Google BGC Bigs. It's easier than you think. Yeah, and uh, even if you're not in Edmonton, uh, Big Brothers Big Sisters is a large organization. Oh, yeah. They have... Chapters everywhere. They do, and so, I mean... Now is a good time to reach out and uh, see if if your local chapter could use some help as well. By all means. One way that you can help us out is by helping out in support of the Alberta Podcast Network. You can Mm -hmm. go and check out the website right now at albertapodcastnetwork.com. Easy to find. You can check out all of the other member podcasts. There are podcasts on innumerable topics. A plethora of podcasts. Indeed. Uh, You can download those podcasts wherever you're downloading our podcast. And wherever you're downloading our podcast, you should maybe uh, stop and give us a little rating and a review because that helps us out quite a bit. It does. Uh, you can also reach out to us at any time on social media. Mm-hmm. We have Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Goodreads. Those are our social medias. We are at the Read Along on most of those. You can also send us an email. We are the Read Along at gmail.com. And with that said, as always, we love you very much, and we'll see you next time. My money's on tied to chairs. Thank you for joining us on The Read Along with your hosts, Anita and Scott Bourgeois, a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network. All Read Along music is by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Cover art is by Aaron Beaver. Be sure to join us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at The Read Along, and check out our group on Goodreads.com.